do not harm yourself, for we are all here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The 1981 movie, Chariots of Fire, tells the story of two very different men. Harold Abrahams was the son of a wealthy financier. He went to the best prep schools in England and did his collegiate studies at Cambridge. Despite being in the best possible educational settings, Harold could see in a dismissive glance his way a muffled whisper among his classmates, and then the occasional cutting remarks that he was perceived as something less than the others. You see, Harold was Jewish, and he learned the hard way that the corridors of power in British society were reserved for Protestants. He resolved to be academically brilliant and to be the fastest runner at any track meet. Harold saw his running as a weapon, a weapon against prejudice towards him for being a Jew. Eric Little was born in China, the son of devout Christian missionary parents. He too had a gift for athletics. Eric was a star rugby player and ran track for Edinburgh University and for Scotland. He became known as the Flying Scotsman after his matches and track meets, he would speak to groups, especially to young people, about how the Christian faith is much like running a race, a metaphor the Apostle Paul often used. Eric said that when he ran, he could feel God's pleasure. He saw his running as a way of sharing the good news of Jesus. Harold and Eric met for the first time at an England versus Scotland track meet. The tension in the locker room between them was so thick you could cut it with a knife. When they finally raced, they were neck and neck. But near the tape, Harold glanced over to look for Eric in the next lane. That glance cost him just enough momentum so that Eric raced past him and won the race. It was the first time Harold had ever lost. He was dejected and spent the afternoon sitting in the bleachers, replaying in his mind every nanosecond of that race. Later, a classmate let Harold know that Harold had been selected for the 1924 British Olympic team. Classmate said, and by the way, Eric Little was selected also, and added, so, rivals under the same flag. Harold responded, I can't wait. Our scripture passage from Acts today is all about rivalries. When Paul removed a spirit from a slave woman who was being exploited as a fortune teller, her masters retaliated. They dragged Paul and Silas before the magistrates and accused them not of what they actually did, deriving them of income from their slave, but of multiple other serious charges as the English power brokers did to Harold Abrahams, the slave owners labeled Paul and Silas as Jews with the test. The magistrates and the crowd stripped Paul and Silas of all their clothing and beat them. 
They threw them into jail, and their jailer then did as he was ordered. He confined them to the innermost cell and tied their feet with chains so that they could not move. At midnight, as Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, a violent earthquake shook the prison. The doors flew open, and their chains came loose. The jailer woke up and knew that they had escaped. He took out a sword to die by suicide. And Paul shouted out, Do not harm yourself, for we are all still here. Why did they stay? Their prayer had been answered. They were given this earthquake, presumably as a means of release. And what did the life of this jailer possibly mean to them? After all, he was the last in a series of Roman rivals who had poured out cruel indignities on them all day long. But something inside Paul and Silas prompted them to see past the rivalry of Jews and Romans. They somehow saw that this jailer was, at his heart, a human being just like them, a human being yearning for and deserving salvation. They stayed for him. The jailer was so moved that he fell down to his knees before them. He asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they introduced him to Jesus. Or maybe he introduced them to Jesus. Look at what he did for them. The jailer took them to his house in the middle of the night. He took out a cloth and lovingly washed their wounds. He and his whole family joined Paul and Silas by being baptized in the wee hours to become disciples. And then he invited them to his table and served them breakfast. In this formal arrival, Paul and Silas not only saw the face of God, they felt his healing touch. And they were all lifted up together to a heavenly realm where rivalries are no more and where past hurts and distrust give way to the triumph of love. Before Eric Little and Harold Abrahams embarked across the channel to Paris on a ship for the Olympic Games, Eric faced a spiritual crisis. His sister Jenny noticed that he was late for and even missed church events because he was so consumed with running and preparing for the Olympics. And she called him on it. And then he learned that one of his preliminary events for running the 100-meter dash was scheduled on a Sunday. He had often preached and taught children about not playing rugby on Sundays in order to devote the day to the Lord. Now his faith was being put to the test. After much internal struggle, and even after being called before an inquisition by the Prince of Wales, Eric resolved not to run on a Sunday. A teammate then graciously made it possible for him to participate instead in another race, the 400-meter run on Thursday. His rival, Harold Abraham, went on to win the 100-meter dash, and one of the first in line to congratulate him was Eric Little. 
My favorite scene in this or any movie was when Eric came up to shake Harold's hand. Their former rivalry melted as they smiled and looked into each other's eyes with deep and genuine admiration and affection. Eric seemed to lift Harold up with his earnest handshake. And Harold held back tears as he looked upon Eric and saw in him a kindred spirit that went far beyond England or Scotland, far beyond Jew or Christian, far beyond athletics or anything else. They were now inextricably bound together for eternity. Later, Harold not only cheered for Eric as he won the 400-meter event, he joined his teammates in lifting Eric up on their shoulders in triumph. On Thursday, we celebrated Ascension Day, a day in which we remembered that Jesus was lifted up into heaven. One of our prayers for the Feast of the Ascension is this. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that as we believe your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to have ascended into heaven, so we may also, in heart and mind, there ascend, and with him continually dwell. What I believe the Feast of the Ascension is really all about is Jesus lifting us up with him and then summoning us to lift one another up, even and especially those we see as rivals. For only then do we all rise to the heavenly realm where together we find the true meaning of salvation. Amen. Amen.